Welcome to the Graybeard Chronicles podcast. Your hosts, Brian Halstead and Kevin Harkins, are two gray-bearded patriots who love God, their family and friends, and their country. The Graybeards are here to inspire, inform, and educate you on a myriad of topics they are passionate about. Brian and Kevin have a strong desire to share this with you to help you live your best life. Sit back and enjoy this amazing podcast as the Graybeards pass along the wisdom of the ages. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 37 of the Graybeard Chronicles. I'm Brian Halstead, and I'm here with Kevin Harkins. And Kevin, we uh, we have something awesome going on tonight, right? So a couple of weeks ago, we had our, our first guest on the podcast, and, yep. and uh, John DeVore called in. Uh, we didn't have the pleasure of having him sit here with us. But tonight, we have our very first in-person guest. Live in this Strength and Honor studio. <laughs> yes, it, exactly. It is an honor. Yes, welcome. So that uh, that lovely voice that you heard in the background there is uh, is Miss Chrissy Stewart, and uh, and Chrissy is a uh, is a friend. Um, I, I got to tell you a little bit about her before we uh, we get going here. But uh, Chrissy is a she's a mom, she's a friend, a gold star wife, an activist, and an exceptional human being. Thank you. And I, uh, you are certainly welcome. And I had the um, the pleasure of meeting uh, Chrissy at a um, not so happy time in her life, and uh, not so happy time for for any of us that were involved in the scenario. His uh, her husband was um, a Marine, uh, Staff Sergeant David Stewart, who was killed in action in Afghanistan in June of 2014. And I uh, I met Chrissy because one of our uh, club members. Uh, knew the family, knew David, uh, was friends with David and his brother. And after this incident happened, he uh, he called the club and uh, and said, "Hey, you know, what what can we do here?" And things kind of evolved from there. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail. But uh, Chrissy, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. On honestly, it's an honor. Yeah, I you and I talked a little bit about the what we do here on this podcast and what we want to yes. share with people, and um, certainly. The, the journey that you've traveled in the last five plus years um, since you lost David has, has been probably not something you'd want anybody to ever have to go through. And, and you know, watching from the outside, uh, I have been incredibly impressed by your strength. Thank and, you. And just, you know, the things that you've done to help other people. Um, and I just, I thought, you know, it would be a, a great opportunity to have you come on this podcast and share some of those experiences with others who may be dealing with the same thing. Um, and can benefit greatly from the things that you've gone through and how you figured out to get to where you are today. Thank you so much for having me here and to be able to talk about or answer any questions or share any kind of insight is uh, a blessing, I think. You know, um, God doesn't waste a hurt. And when we talk about hope, we talk about hold on, pain ends. And I think that I can share a lot um, from the almost six years, actually, that I've been through to, uh, to just share joy and hope with people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny how things come together in your life at certain times. I'm actually reading this book right now called The Obstacle is the Way. And uh, if I had... Uh, been properly prepared, I could probably bring it up who the author is, but that's the title, The Obstacle is the Way. And the basic point of the book is 
life throws obstacles at us, big, small, and, and everywhere in between all the time. Some of them are nearly devastating, certainly life-altering, and can wipe you out. And that is the kind of thing that you, you have gone through. And I, I knew in just two minutes of talking to you before we came on the air that you got some, you got some important stuff, some important life lessons that you've learned and that, uh, that our audience can, can benefit from just listening to how you've dealt with it. And um, even in the few words you've said on this so far, you've come to a place that's remarkable, honestly, because uh, the, kind of, you know, the kind of suffering that you've been through is is um, very, very difficult, and a lot of people, it can destroy them, and it hasn't done that to you. Well, thank you for saying that. I, I want to make it very clear, though, that there is no particular level of um, tribulation. When somebody's hurting, you know, we could go through tribulation where it's a zero or a 10, and, and that zero to the 10 doesn't it's not differentiated between what circumstances we've been through, but if somebody's at a 10, you're at a 10. And so that's something that I've really come to realize. Um, and that we have to make sure we acknowledge everybody's trials and tribulations, no matter what it might be. Absolutely. And, uh, uh just, you know, right off the top of my head, um, if, if you could, if you could share, and I, I, this thing could go in all kind of different directions. Yeah. You know, <laughs> some of the, you know, now that you've, um, and, I'll, and I'll share this very briefly. You said that if Bryant had asked you to come on board and have this conversation with us three years ago, you, you weren't at a place where you could have done that. I wouldn't have been ready. No, sir. Okay. Nope, I would not have been ready. And, and what's happened between then and now? And, you know, what are some of the really big things that you... I think that's an excellent question. Uh, what's happened, I think, in the last six years, from three years ago where I said to Bryant that I wouldn't have been ready, now I'm ready to help others that have gone behind me because I've become a little bit more stable and I've learned through faith, mostly, and mm -hmm. watching my children's resiliency and learning about resiliency through my education, my graduate studies, what it is to be resilient. And now I'm at a place where I can talk about what tribulations I've been through and hopefully use it for good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just... Uh, I think back to, to what you said when you first um, first started starting to share your experience that, that um, God doesn't waste a hurt. And I've heard you say that before, and that is incredibly powerful. And, uh, you know, it, it is. It's all about that faith and understanding that um, there are going to be things that we deal with, difficulties that we deal with in life, and at the same time, God is not going to give you more than you can handle, Right. So I, um, I just I applaud you for your, your willingness to, to come and, and share this information with folks and, and be at a point now, right, that you can give back. And because there were people there for you, I'm sure, when you were going through this. Just uh, like you, sir. Yep, absolutely. And, and the entire community, I, I was so blessed to have the entire community come out and support our family and the most unexpected and dire time of our lives. And we are going forward 
not going to waste this hurt. You know, the day after David was buried, I, I went to his gravesite and said, baby, I'm not going to let this go, go in vain. And that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. As a family. Yeah. And you're right here alongside me, helping me do that. Yeah. Glad to, glad to be here to help. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about how we first met and, um, you know, it's, uh, it was our honor. Um, our club, as you know, is made up of, uh, Absolutely. current and former military personnel and, and public safety personnel. And, you know, we, we believe in honoring the member of the member memories, almost forgot how to talk there for a second, honoring those memories of folks that have made the ultimate sacrifice. And when, uh, when this situation occurred and, and it was brought to our attention, we immediately said, you know, what can we do? And, and we said, we're, we're going we're gonna to go to Dover and we're going to bring him home. And, um, you know, that kind of started this ball rolling. And we didn't realize the kind of response we were going to get when we lit that fuse. Um, it was overwhelming. And uh, it just, I, I, it was an experience, um, you know, you mentioned before we, we started recording how, the folks were lining the overpasses and the different intersections the entire way uh, between Dover back here to uh, to Stafford, and that that was just that was incredible. Brent, it was absolutely overwhelming for our family because in that time for us, we were not in a position to try to be coordinating logistics and that kind of stuff. And so, what you did for us um, is just you know sets the the bar super high for any any of our fallen heroes, whether they're law enforcement or um, military, going forward to just honor those that are protecting us. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate what everybody did. Yeah, you can see it. Um, you can see it in her emotion. It's been six years, and it's still still with you so um yeah that's 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 really powerful the thing the thing that uh, struck me as you were talking just now is the day before david was killed in combat you were you were a wife a mother uh going through life knowing that he was involved in in a dangerous activity but having no idea that he wasn't going to be here the next day and there are people that are listening to this podcast right now who are in that exact same scenario. They don't know. There are life obstacles that are coming their way, and it may not be killed in combat. It may not be killed in law enforcement, but it may be, you know, taken out in a car accident or something like that. Or e even if it's not the loss of life, it's something very tragic and traumatic that they're going to now have to deal with. And... Um, how did you make it through? You know, what is it? You, you mentioned faith, but uh, can you can can you um, amplify on that a little bit? Yes, I can tell you that when you have children, you've got to put one foot in mm. front of the other, mm. and that is literally resiliency. And resili resiliency has a lot of different faces. Um, so it might be, you know, I lost my husband. Can you orient the audience? How old were your children when this happened? They were one and two. That's amazing. So they were 14 months and two and a half years old. They're 18 months apart. Okay. We were married for 12 years. We were together for 17. Okay. We were together for five years before we got married. Right. 
Um, and David was 34. And we didn't really know or think that he was going to be on that fifth deployment. Um, so I had quit my job. I quit school. I decided to literally hold down the fort as the mama of the right. home. Right. And that was the decision that we both made. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting that knock on the door at that time. Um, so now they're, they're, they're my, our kids are six and eight, and they're doing fantastic okay. thanks to a great community. That's what makes life worth living is a great community. Yeah. So anybody out there that's suffering right now, Lean on your peers, lean on your family, lean on your friends, lean on your community. Life is about community and, and being a part of something that is greater than yourself and being around folks that know what you're going through and understand. Yeah, I think you nailed it with that one, just reaching out to, to folks that, uh, that are there and, and, and wanting to help. So thank you for sharing that. I know that you um, you had mentioned to me that you listened to the podcast that we did on grief. Yes. Um, and, and as you know, um, part of the basis for, for doing that podcast was uh, because we uh, lost a, a member um, in an incident back so in, in August. That, so sorry. Um, you know, we ultimately still don't know, you know, what happened to him. Um, him and, and a friend were lost, lost at sea. Prayers. But we did that, um, and thank you. We did that podcast to, you know, talk about grief and how different people deal with grief and how it's very much an individual thing. And what um, what I appreciated in, in talking with you is, you know, how how you perceived the message that we were sharing. And I'd appreciate if you could talk a little bit about that and, uh, you know, offer some feedback on the message that we shared and then maybe some ex other things that you experienced that you could share with other people as well. Well, one of the things that I think is the most important to share for anybody that hasn't experienced like an immediate um, family member grief situation is there's no step-by-step -step process at all. It's unique to each individual family, each individual mom, each individual spouse, each individual child. There's not no a... Manual. No, there's absolutely no manual, and it's a roller coaster. And Brian, something I think I said to you was that grief is like a roller coaster that you've ridden one time. The first time you ride it, it's really scary because you might be going down and then up, and you don't know what to expect. But grief, as you go forward, you start to learn the track. Mm -hmm. And you start to learn and you know that it's going to go down and then it's going to go back up and then it's going to go down and it's going to go upside down and it's going to scare you, but you know what to expect. And so it's kind of like a journey um, that you don't, you don't have any control over, but you start to learn the track. That's a great metaphor. I actually like that. I, I'm going to. I'm going to steal that and use it sometimes <laughs> when I'm talking about this. Um, I, I, uh, I wanted to ask you this. I, it is just my life experience that when I, I know a number of people who have, who have uh, lost loved ones unexpectedly, quickly, and uh, almost 
without exception, what happens is immediately after that occurs, they just sort of snap into business mode. Because there's stuff that needs to be taken care of. There's estates that need to be settled yep. and all that kind of thing. And then, it, but, and it takes some time because you're so busy doing the logistics of taking care of the immediate needs. And it's not until sometime later that it really sinks in. That's about. absolutely the case that I've experienced and many other widows that I know that are around my age frame as yep. well. Yep. Um, and that we are just, we just have to hit the ground running. I, I mean, literally, it, there's administrative things that have to be taken care of. There's, you, sometimes it might involve having to move. It depends on how old your children are, if you have children. Uh, and we're not, I'm not just talking about military widows here. That's my perspective. But my grandfather, for example, his wife died, my grandmother. They were married for over 50 years, and he had to hit the ground running with administrative matters. You don't get to calm down and settle right. until a while later. Right. And that's when it really, really hits you. So for how we can support those who are going through grief, I think just pause, help them with whatever you you can at the time and then wait and then when they actually need emotional support because it won't happen right away then help them it's time to reach out yeah Yeah. and i mean it's time to be there anyway anyway right right throughout but at some points people are more ready to receive it but once the dust settles that's when everybody kind of like walks away And that's when you need the most help. Oh, my. That's a yeah, great that, point. I, I was going to ask you that, right? So I, I've heard that said, you know, that um, you know, folks will come out and they'll, they'll be there right after uh, someone suffers a loss. And it's the weeks. And you hear, um, you know, folks at, at the um, services, right? So the pastor will often call out, you know, what, the, what these folks are really going to need is some support two weeks from now or three weeks from now, or however long from now after the dust has settled, and, you know, not everybody is, is there for them. Um, was there a, a, a time, and I know this is individual, but was there a time for you when that reality hit, right? I mean, can you put a time frame on it? Well, for me, it was about 18 months, honestly, um, uh-huh. because I didn't want to know what happened to my husband. And I just knew that he was killed in Afghanistan and I was running races and honoring him the best way I could. I, I purposely did not, you know, this is to each in their own, whatever. Um, I purposely did not want to know exactly what happened to him, but it was about 18 months later that I did. And that's kind of when I settled down and I had moved and I got a little more settled with the kids and the administrative stuff was kind of taken care of. And, that that was the hardest time. So, I mean, it could be two weeks or 18 months, like it was for me. It, it's to each your own. Like, we can't, we can't judge anybody that's going through grief and tribulation, whatever right. it may be. Tribulation is a plethora of things. Chrissy, you said something. Uh, you said that you were... Um, right afterwards, and to place it in context for people who don't understand what you were doing, that you got involved in racing, you know, a lot, and you were doing that. 
Why did you, and this was immediately afterwards, right? Yes, this was, yes. why did you do yes. that? Well, because, I mean, it's called short-term energy relieving behaviors. Okay. STURBS. Okay. You know, for an acronym, okay. STURBS. Yep. It is, it was an effort to really not have to pay attention to exactly what I was needing to manage with my emotions. Okay. So I was running races. I was moving. I was decorating my house. I was taking care of my kids. I, I just never wanted to sit down. And that's something that now, six years later, I see happening with some of, for example, our veterans. Like once they get out, their operational tempo is go, 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 go. But then once they sit down, life is... Uh, we don't we don't know how to operate in a let's slow down kind of lifestyle yep. so that's where i'm you know working towards helping our veteran community my peers mm-hmm. patriots in this country because i've been there when life slowed down and my short-term energy relieving behaviors ran out, all of a sudden I didn't know what to do. Mm. And that's when I felt like it was okay for me to raise my hands up in the air and say, I need to, I need to seek counseling. I need help. And I think, I hope every person would do the same. Yeah. You know, what, what I find interesting about what you just shared uh, with those uh, those behaviors is, I think, in in my opinion, from an outside perspective looking in, yeah, that could cause somebody to think, "Wow, they're they're really dealing with this in a very positive way. They they seem to have, you know, uh, everything going on, right? They they've got they're, they're squared away. They're dealing with this. They're, I mean, look at her. She's she's doing these races and and she's doing this and she's doing that. Um, when in actuality those things were an outward manifestation of the fact that you weren't doing all that well and, and you were doing those kind of as a, a mental distraction. Does Absolute, that make sense? Absolutely. It's called a short-term energy yeah. relieving behavior. Yeah. It was a mental distraction. and But choosing to do positive things for my distractions. Right. Yeah, because you know, there's certainly I, other behaviors that people could be involved in that well, are not, I, not so productive. Hey, I, I'm, I've participated in you know i'm a fan of bourbon <laughs> let's just be <laughs> well no one's going to judge you in a bad way for that <laughs> at least not in this particular setting right. but but there's that you know so you have to make good choices um and i think that the most important thing is community community is what we need to focus on the most no matter friends, what we've been through, friends, friends are more fi- valuable than money, as we Absolutely. said just before. Absolutely. Absolutely. We but, are we are herd animals. Yes. We need to be around other human beings. Yeah. And uh, and and unfortunately, um, to to put some uh, current events on 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 this track, you know, we're all dealing with this uh, coronavirus scare right now, and yes. Um, yes. you know, be, being around other people is not actually something that folks are encouraging right now. In fact, um, they're they're encouraging quite the opposite to right. uh, just lim- to limit your interaction and and so on. And um, in uh, in some ways, we might be violating that tonight by by doing this recording and in, in uh, 
the presence of others instead of on the phone. But you know, there's only three of us here, so we we're good. <laughs> we're, we're good. good. We're below that number of we ten. Are, or we already disclosed our travel situations. So right. We're, Plus, we're we're, fine. we're we're disinfecting. You know, right. a, as we're talking. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I here's uh, here's a takeaway that I get from you from the last thing that you said, and that is, you know, you did what you did. You, you, you know, you dealt with the immediate having to do with the setting up and all of the logistics of, of getting your husband buried, getting the estate in order, getting the living situation settled and, and all of those things. And then you poured yourself into this, um, th- this lifestyle of being incredibly busy and running and being busy and do, doing all this stuff. And that was the way that you had to cope with it. But it's interesting because you got to believe that there's a whole bunch of people out there that were looking at you and saying, boy, she's, she's handling this perfectly. Or other people are saying, she's not handling this at all. She's just burying her emotions under, you know, the, the mask of activity. You know, people, the, the point is this, people will judge you no matter what you do in any, any point of life. And the thing that I want to tell the audience for me is, don't judge these people. You don't. You said it. You don't know what they're going through, and they're dealing with it the best way that they can. And none of us should be judging anybody on how they're grieving and how they're dealing and how they're coping. Yeah, that's well, a that's a big old fat. Not your job. Yep. Kevin, can I can I go back to one of your podcasts that you previously were talking about in that with um, Seven Habits? Mm-hmm. Okay, where there's the situation where there's the father on the train and his kids are acting just a fool right yes and there's a citizen that's like what what's wrong with you why are you not taking care of your kids and that citizen didn't understand that that father just left the hospital because their mother just died right and he was not in a mindset at that point in time to really be able to take care of the behavior of his children at that point in time. Um, so that is something that I want to kind of put out there. I think it's super important to, for us as humans, just citizens, to not judge anybody right off the bat. Or ever. Or, or ever. ever, for that matter. Right, or ever. <laughs> right. You don't know what That's folks, God's job. That's right. That's God's job, and you don't know what folks are going through. Right, yeah. Um, so, that yeah, that just came to mind. Thank you for driving that point home. That's a, it's a yeah. great point. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting that you said that uh, about the, the kids and shared that story from the, the gentleman being on the, on the train, because I, I wanted to ask you this question. Um, and I, it may not be an easy answer for you, but I want, I want to ask a question. So, Ready. Um, John DeVore, when he was on um, as a guest a couple of weeks ago, he, we asked him, or, what, what scares you, right? So what are you scared of? All the things that you do, all that you're involved in, what, do, what are you scared of? Um, and for him, it was dying. And not because of the normal reasons that folks might be af- afraid of death uh, because of the unknown or uh, whatnot. Not the pain. It wasn't yeah, the it danger. Was, it wasn't exactly. that. Exactly. Right. It, was, it was about those that would be left behind, right? So his wife and his children. Uh, 
Um, and, and that was the thing that, you know, kind of is, is in the back of his mind. And he said, his, uh, I think he used the phrase, it's probably his um, Achilles heel professionally um, because he doesn't do some things that he probably would otherwise be involved in because of the danger factor and because of that concern about what would happen to those that, that are left behind. So um, having been one of those that, that ha- is left behind, right, because of a tragedy, uh, what could you offer as um, advice to folks that may be thinking that way, right, because they're afraid of who they would leave behind, and then also the other side of the coin to those folks that, um, that may lose someone, and, and uh, you know, what, what could you share with them? Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's an excellent question. The first thing that comes to mind is um, my faith, I know not everybody shares the same faith as I do, and I'm very um, cognizant of that. So, but um, I just believe that the Lord has given me the path and the people that surround us to go forward appropriately i i literally jesus takes the wheel mm. song written about that in there <laughs> yeah it turns out carrie <laughs> carrie yeah. yes. there's carrie i mean i don't i really don't know what else to say it's kind of like the like i said the piece that surpasses understanding um the bible it, it's that's what drives me and not everybody's going to resonate with that but that's what it is for me. It's all you can do is be who you are. Yeah, I guess the thing that um, that kind of jumped out at me while, while you were talking is that, um, and kind of answering my own question, right, is um, equip them while you're here with the tools that they need to survive when you're gone. Yeah. Right? Well, that's the purpose of us raising children. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's exactly what we're trying to do. I mean, that's that's my efforts with some of the other organizations that I'm involved with, like we're trying to make sure that our next generation is equipped for the coming potential circumstances that right. they might have to deal with. I'm just not sure everyone does that with intention. And With I, intention. I, I think everyone should. I, amen. Amen. Take yep. the time to stop and think about it now. While you while you have the time to stop and think about it, right? Because right, I mean, I think there's you know there's folks out there that think, well, I've got lots of life insurance; they'll be taken care of. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no. That's, that's not going to do uh, what what needs to that's be done. That's going to last you about three years. Okay. You know the voice of experience right there. <laughs> there you go. I'm I'm yeah. I'm not laughing. It's not funny. Oh, I know. I know it's not. It's funny. not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Let's well, say, uh, and, and Kevin, I don't mean to be a question hog here, but I've, I've got another one that uh, is, is a great segue here just because of something that you just said. Um, and I don't, I don't uh, ask this question to shed a negative light on anything, quite the opposite, right, as a learning experience. Um, but procedurally, is there anything that you would change about the way the Marine Corps or the DOD in general handled 
your family's loss um, or just how they handle um, you know, Gold Star families in general? Oh, that is absolutely an excellent question. And I would say yes. Um, for myself, I would not change a thing. I was incredibly fortunate. What I've come to find out over the course of the last six years is that not everybody has the same service. Um, not everybody has the same support. Yeah. And so that right there is the problem. And we need to standardize this a little bit better. And I mean, we can go to the long-term casualty assistance branch and the Marine Corps and across the board for all other of our, our military services, but it, there definitely needs to be a better standardization. A, a casualty assistance officer should not be going through an online training course. Yeah. And then getting the check in the box to be able to handle something. So I was very fortunate, uh, unfortunately, because my Keikos knew what they were doing because they had had to do that four or five times before. So uh, I'm sorry. Um, that's something that I think we should absolutely try to change. It's actually a good lead in to um you've talked with the voice of experience and you talked with um, some conviction just in that last, you know, people in terms of putting into place certain protocols that people need to follow and you need to be better at it. You're involved in a number of volunteer uh, organizations yep. right now helping. Can you talk a little bit about what, what you're doing? And if you please feel free to give a shout out to any organizations that you want to that, that, that you're involved with and supporting. I would say if anybody ever wants to volunteer for the National Museum of the Marine Corps as a docent, please do. They are, okay. they are in dire need of volunteers. Hope for the Warriors is okay. another organization that has personally helped me and that I absolutely love volunteering for. And at this time, I'm currently not because my kids are, you know, in baseball and all kinds of stuff. But um, Semper Fi Fund. Okay. That's another one. Okay. And um, and just your local organization, like your local churches, serve, you know, donate food. Get in touch with Bryant about what they are volunteering for because they are volunteering for all kinds of stuff all the time to support our community. Like local, it, it, it starts at the local level, most importantly. Yeah, it really does, and it starts, and it, and it's with the neighbors, and it's with, uh, you know, people are in need that have been through this, and the one thing that that is um, is hard for people to overcome is a lot of times people will come up to you, anybody in need, and say, "What can I do to help?" or even even more of a um, less committal position is, uh, "Let me know if there's anything I can do." And it's well-meaning, but let you know. Let me know what I can do. No, just do something. Just just go well, do something. I can give you a very good example. Okay. Uh, because we had two Marines that were killed this week, and I had a friend who's a friend of one of them, and they said, "What can we do?" And I was like, "Don't ask them what they need. Just just call the local landscaping company and." 
hire them to cut her grass. She's got, you know, multiple children. There you um, go. Stuff ju- like that. Just, yeah. just don't, don't even ask. When everybody was asking me, what can I do for you? I was like, I don't even know. And yep. it almost was more of a burden to be asked what I needed than to just have people take the, you know, gumption to go do whatever they knew I needed. Right. You know, that's, that's great. Don't, info. don't, I, don't I, ask. Don't ask. And because a lot, like a lot of military or anybody that's going through tribulation is not going to say, yes, please help me. They're right. going to say, no, I'm good to go. Right. right. Just yeah. do it. Like, so if you just do it. Just look around, see what needs to be done, and right. do it. Don't right. even ask. Right. Yeah, that's a great. That, that's powerful. And I, I know personally, I'm, I've been guilty of the, you know, what can we do to help you? Right. Um, Me too. Uh, that's why I said it. Yeah. I I'm like a flashing what, neon sign for look, doing that. Pr- <laughs> the, the most important things that I remember is prayer blankets through church, churches across the country, um, People coming over to cut my grass when I didn't even ask, you know, and I would have said, no, I got it. But I really didn't because I had two babies. Right. Um, Daddy dolls. There are so many different organizations. And like if, if Kevin, if you want me, I can make a list of um, different websites for fallen law enforcement or military that has all like scholarships and different kinds of uh, support. That would be awesome. Yeah, definitely be something we'd be interested we, in. We could put that up on our website and people could, could go and look at it. Um, and uh, I know you mentioned the organizations that you're very involved with and the common thread among those is that they're all associated with the Marines, which makes sense because you're a, um, Marine Corps you're, spouse. you're a Marine Corps spouse, um, but if you if you have been involved with uh, organizations that that also serve the other uh, other services, well, that's like that, Hope for the Warriors. Yeah, and, okay, yeah, okay, there you go. Pretty much everything right. I've been talking about. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Is across yeah. all branches. I'm just yeah. I'm personally a Marine Corps spouse, but okay. right, yeah, right, yep, understand, understand. And um, <clears throat> another thing that I thought about was uh, your children were young enough, especially the youngest one, yes. uh, that they probably don't even really remember personally who their father was. Um, and maybe the older one does a little bit, a memory here and there, but uh, I'm sure you've had um, a plan over time, not necessarily you didn't have it at the moment, to preserve his memory for them. And, uh, you know, what, what have you done just out of interest? Well, when he deployed on his fourth deployment, prior to that, him and I sat down and talked about, you know, the what ifs. And then we also decided to make some videos of him reading books to the kids. Wow. So that we could, so that I could, while he was gone, you know, have that bedtime routine set up so that I could read books to the kids where daddy and and then we also did that for the fifth deployment um so those kinds of things I think are important oh yeah for military families to do so I have those treasured videos 
Wow. Of him. And now, I, you know, it's been almost six years. I'm like, why do you look so young? <laughs> I mean, because I got to make this light a right. little bit, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I want to make yes. it light a little bit. But, um, yeah, so the kids love that. And even though they're past, like, they're, you know, first and second grade now, they're past the books okay. level of right. reading that their daddy was reading at that time. It's still so important. I mean, I, w- I would just recommend to any military family out there, anybody, anybody, you don't know what's going to happen if you go to Walmart tomorrow. Yeah. Just make these videos for your kids, like make memories, um, yeah. something to hold on to and, and really pay attention to, to be present. I mean, carpe diem, you know. Seize the day. Seize the day. Yeah. Absolutely, sir. Yep. Wow. Amen. And and don't headbutt your microphone with the bill of your cap. I don't know if that's going to actually. <laughs> did come. I do that? No, I no, did. You... <laughs> I did. I, I I don't know if it's going to come through on the recording, but I looked down. I was like thump, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no carpe diem. I mean, it's um, it's definitely something to, especially today with the coronavirus. I mean, we don't know what is going on. That's that's kind of scary. Yep. Um. Yep. Yeah, I, I I can only imagine how valuable those videos are and how they you know will continue to be forever. They're priceless for them and for their children. Um, you know, I, I've shared with Kevin that um, you know my, none of my grandparents are still living, and we have because you're old. old. <laughs> oh, sorry. But I would, I, but I'm not as old as you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am a I'm a, a couple days older than Chrissy. Um, but a um, couple, just two, <laughs> just two. <laughs> Uh, we we have some uh, audio tapes from conversations that we would uh, record because we lived um, when, when I was young. We moved a, a fair distance away from my grandparents, and long distance phone calls were expensive. Right, we didn't have cell phones where we could call all over the place, and uh, so the, the long distance was was somewhat uh, cost prohibitive. Right, and so we would sit down as a family and record these audio recordings talking to our grandparents and letting them know what was going on in our lives. And we'd put it in the mail. Yeah. Right. And then they would do the same thing and send it back. And, you know, we still have those, those recordings. And, um, quite honestly, I, I can't, um, I, I'm, you know, they have all been gone for a number of years and, uh, and I can't sit down and listen to those without having a very emotional response. Yeah. And it's a, um, it's cool. It is cool. And uh, something, and this is um, this is off of you just for a second, Chrissy, but it's a lesson that Brian has taught me since I've known him, and that is he will not leave anybody's presence without a proper goodbye uh, or, or a proper hello, for that matter, when you come in. Amen. And, uh, and when, when you don't do that, it sort of knocks him off balance, and he has a story about one of his children that did that one time. And, by, by knocking, and, right. knocking me off balance, right. you mean pissing me off. There, yeah, <laughs> that was, right, that was, my, that was my nice way of saying pissing you off. A polite way. Right, oh. my polite way. Yeah, I don't so, like that. I don't like that. But the point is that you just don't know. You're right. You could be you know, going out to Walmart and never come home. Right, it's not, um, and everybody's tribulation, like I said, I, I really want to focus in on this, is that we're not, we're not zero to 10 of our level of, you know, tribulation where mine's more important than yours. 
yours might be the same. It might right. be a level 10, right. but it's different than mine. So okay. we all have to just be humans and be good friends. That's and the most important thing. Be respectful. Be of respectful one and cognizant. Uh, listen to each other. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this is uh, this is powerful stuff, and um, I'm I'm glad personally to hear that your children are you know doing very well at the ages that they are, and um, quite no, blessed. Yeah, yeah, and and you said and they know, get it from their daddy. Okay, I'm sure. <laughs> no, it, they they probably do get a good bit of it from their daddy, but they've also watched their mommy the last six years deal with a very very difficult circumstance, which they won't uh, truly appreciate probably for another 10 years at least yeah maybe longer and imagine imagine the resilience that you've instilled in them um maybe some with intention and some without intention just by being who you are and and how their lives will be better as a result thank you yeah all right so i have a uh i have i have at least well, I don't know if it's one last question, but uh, I, I got to ask you this. Yes. Is there anything about you that we don't know or we haven't asked you that you would want folks that are listening to this to know about you? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, goodness. That's a great <laughs> question. Okay. I'll, I'll try to make this quick. I want to acknowledge the fact that I recently have identified the importance of being honest about mental health. Like that's one of my most important endeavors right now. Um, It's okay that I'm not okay. It's okay that you're not okay. We need to release the stigma of anybody feeling like they're not able to put their hand up in the air and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of suffering right now. Because, hey, yo, bro, sister, it's okay. I think that's probably the only last thing I have to say. Just, just it, it's okay. Just get the help that you need. And, and yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah and I, yeah. I, I think that combined with what you talked about earlier as far as the importance of community... Yes. Right, so those two things, I think, in my mind, go hand in hand. Right, absolutely. So, so you have to have those communities where people feel comfortable sharing that kind of a, an emotion or or vulnerability or weakness with other people, right? Because I don't know that you feel comfortable sharing that with a complete stranger. Uh, no. Right. It's it's got to be somebody That's that has established a level of trust with you and somebody that you feel comfortable around and, and feel comfortable uh, being vulnerable with in order to do that. And I think you have yeah. to build those communities for to create that environment. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to, to say about, about what you just said is I, I am convinced, and I was convinced of this before tonight and even more so now, everybody at some point in their lives and, and some people at various points in their lives uh, suffer from mental illness because of whatever it doesn't whether it was you know in the environment that they grew up whether there's some genetic reason for it whether it was something's happened in their life or whatever but everybody suffers from time to time 
from mental illness. Absolutely. And, and uh, you're right. Get getting rid of the stigma and and instead reaching out to the to the family and the friends and the loved ones, the community around you that can support you, is what's going to get you through and get you back on track. We've actually talked about some of that stuff in earlier podcasts, but uh, boy, you just you just brought it full circle and all the way home to um, to to make that statement that uh, you know it's okay when you're going through that. Um, and reach out to get the help that you need. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Anything that we didn't talk about that we should have talked about? I can't wait for the next podcast. Because <laughs> I think we'll find out, we'll think about a lot more things that we need to talk about. But for tonight, I think... Yeah, we, we have the benefit of being able to listen to these and then come back the following week. And while we'll have a new topic picked out, um, we'll also probably talk about some things that we have um, realized or, or, or um, had, a, had a week to, uh, to kind of chew on about this podcast after we listen to it. And, uh, man, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to, uh, to be here. And, uh, you know, I thought you were an incredible human being before – we had this podcast and you just prove that to everybody that's listening, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm honor- proud to know you. I, I yeah. am honored to know you. I'm thankful to know you. I'm thankful for every, everything you've done for our family. And, um, I look forward to meeting more of your followers. So you bet we're going to make this a network. Okay. All yeah, right. Absolutely. Thank we, you. We would love that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Chrissy. It's been uh, it's been a joy to, to to speak with you and an honor to listen to the lessons that you bring forward to all of us. Uh, somebody who's been through some incredible, incredible territory, and uh, and here you are, um, teaching us all how to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah how to you. do it. Wow, I I don't know how to wrap that up. <laughs> um, no. The uh, I just yeah, gotta I say just, I love you guys. So, so thank you. Yep. Yeah, yep. and uh, and we certainly love you and and uh, appreciate the sacrifice that you and your family have made uh, in in protection and, and in service to our great nation. And we could have a, no, a whole another podcast about some other things that you're involved in to continue to support this great nation. Let's and do you it. can give a give us a plug on the uh, <laughs> on the things that you're doing with the Second Amendment and the preservation thereof. Rah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll definitely have you back and we'll, uh, we'll talk some more about that but we, uh, we certainly appreciate your time and, uh, and, and I have no doubt that um, many of the things that you said tonight will, will be of comfort and, uh, and, and, and good education to folks that are listening and will help them through some difficult times uh, because as, as we know, um, no matter what you're doing out there, it's always important to enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Greybeard Chronicles. Please subscribe so you'll receive notification when new episodes are available. To learn more about the Greybeards, visit their website, graybeardchronicles.com.